0: What does transparency bring to relationships?
1: We have worked with organizations where the world is wide open, as well as those who are all veils in secrecy.
0: Today we want to share some thoughts on the benefits transparency can bring to the table.
1: The Speakeasy Podcast. Honest conversations about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen
0: Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business? We probably have an opinion on that.
1: No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. Before we dive into some of the juicy details, here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Lady Stoneheart. Here's what I love about this cocktail. It's a balance of bitter and smooth, which is really kind of what transparency is all about, right? So it's bitter from the vermouth, a little smooth from the champagne and orange. And the way that it all comes together is really, really nice.
0: Yeah, this is a nice one. You can pre-make the base of the cocktail, put it in your beautiful glasses, and just top it with champagne when you're ready to drink, and then throw in an orange garnish. So it's got some nice presentation factor to it as well.
1: But be careful, it packs a punch.
0: Don't they all really? Or maybe we drink them too fast, I'm not sure.
1: This one, in particular, when I sampled it at the photo shoot, was like, "Woo, that's some stuff. So... Transparency and leadership, I think, is something that's a very common topic of conversation, blog posts, et cetera. But there's really, for us as entrepreneurs, there's two sides of that coin. There's transparency with our clients and there's transparency with our team. And I think that the philosophy of how you approach it and, you know, how much transparency you're comfortable with are different things. Uh, what do you feel uh, transparency with clients provides Well, it's interesting when you talk
0: about clients because there are two parts of it. There's sort of that dance at the beginning when someone is becoming a client and you're negotiating, and then there's the act of serving a client. So I I see those as two different sides to the same coin, but there's different levels of transparency in each, I think. I think there's a lot of flirting when you are courting a client and you're not necessarily showing them what your hair looks like when you walk right out of bed, and so you try to put on a little bit of that polish. However, there's a very elegant way to show off your best but also be honest about who you are and how you do your business, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes I think about Charlie Brown cartoons, right? I feel like um, I'm Lucy sometimes and I have the little the booth that says the doctor is in. <laughs> Because sometimes our clients come to us, I know you're in this position too, I think our clients come to us and they feel like they have to air their dirty laundry or talk about how they're struggling at work or their internal teams are tough or their approval process is rough or how broken their system is. And I feel like once our clients reveal that level of trust in us, that we're able to then share that we also are not perfect people with them and i and i feel like that at that time it's a good revelation with our clients it's a good time that says okay so this is now the dance so we've invited they've invited us to the dance and now we're dancing right
0: that's true so you're sort of saying transparency with a client comes in layers and the client needs to maybe be in the lead for how that should feel
1: i do take my clients lead often to see kind of where we are in their comfort zone, I'm very comfortable being transparent. I am I have a hard time being anything but me. My dad used to call me, though, what you see is what you get, girl.
0: <laughs> I see London. I see France. That's yeah, Karen. A bit,
1: a bit like that. So I'm very comfortable being all out there and real. And I realize that that's not comfortable for everybody. And so I often take cues from the other side of the table. But I do feel like once our clients have that moment, that little true confessions moment, that's our opportunity to make them feel comfortable with that With that share.
0: Sure. I would imagine nearly every organization has its dysfunctional side, and we're all trying to improve that dysfunctional side. It's not bad. It doesn't make anybody a bad organization. It just we're always looking for the something that we should be improving. And if you can share that with a client and they can share that with you, it feels good, right? I find my transparency comes in the oversharing category. So for example, we have some clients for whom we have to do a monthly report of where our hours went, and we had a client who called us and said, you're being way too detail-oriented. Just chill that out, will you? And so we have clients who say, thanks, but you're oversharing, or clients who really want to understand how we've done things, because we are in the service organization, right? Mm-hmm. So that transparency needs to be at their comfort level.
1: Yeah, I, and I think some of, that, some of that sharing has to do with, you know what are the contract requirements? I'm in a federal contract right now that requires a lot of a lot of detail. So maybe there's a little bit of oversharing and we're very cognizant in our creative space that our details are very appropriate for that particular client. It's a balance that we have to strike with every client what what works for each client. That's
0: true. You know, we've talked about it before transparency relates to saying no right? Being very honest about the skills you offer, what you're good at, what you're not, I think is refreshing for a client when they they hear you say, no, we don't do that, or that is not in our skill set, or this will be an experimental process for us. If you've got a level of trust with the client, that sort of transparency is so much more profound than just saying, yep, yep, we got it, and then bumbling around like when you don't know what you're doing.
1: I just had a conversation on the phone. So, so sometimes transparency is about hard conversations and it's about budget. So, I had a client that I had a conversation with yesterday who called my business partner and wanted to have the first conversation because he knows it's a harder conversation <laughs> with me about a lack of budget. So, I returned the call and I said, "Listen, it's not enough. Like the the budget isn't there for us to justify us engaging. And we'll take the back half of the project, but the front half of the project doesn't work for us. And then he hemmed and hawed and I could tell he really wanted us engaged. And I just said, here's the deal. The specific situation you're in, that's a precedent that I don't want to engage in. That's a boundary line I have to draw. And it was interesting because he hadn't thought that he was himself setting a precedent for his client. And it ended up redirecting a conversation and creating more funding and having kind of everybody win with just the smallest shift. It's those types of things where I just – I was unattached to it, but I just kind of said, listen, it doesn't work for me.
0: It's funny that you um, have that conversation from yesterday because just yesterday and today, we had a very difficult conversation with a client having to let them go. And it's a client we have very much enjoyed for three or four years And we helped them build their brand, and we've helped for a long time. But at this point in the relationship, they don't need as many things produced. They don't need as much from us. And we are not as great at that intermittent trickle. We're very good when we're strategically helping someone grow. So we had to make the decision that it was time to part ways. And we had to be very open with that conversation to say, We understand where you are and why your budgets have reduced or the workload has reduced, but we do our best work when we're over here. And since those don't align anymore, we are probably not the best fit. We also think you can get a better value if you go this way or work with that type of vendor. And so we had to be really honest about where our value lies as well and when it makes sense for us to do the work and when it doesn't. It's funny that we both had a similar conversation that that went very different ways. But I feel quite good about where mine went, too, because it was an intentional decision.
1: Well, and I think either way, the transparent communication that we had, both kind of almost simultaneously, maybe, both created trust, right? I'm sure that as a goodbye or talk to you later, that client thought, gosh, I could have just asked, I could have just continued paying them for work that they weren't sure they were ready to give me or work that wasn't valuable to them which which we all know if you do the work that isn't the right for, the right fit for you it's just not the right fit for you and you're going to get substandard you know investment or return on investment but i also feel like the same is true internally with our teams right that's true i feel like um you know as i've already stated what you see is what you get with me and so sometimes you get more information than maybe you want but i've always been a really firm believer of just being straight with people that I work with. And so whether that's in times of, you know, great celebration and triumph, or whether that's time in times of, you know, struggle or frustration, I think appropriate transparency is the best way to be as a leader. It's certainly won me a lot of battles. How do you feel about that? And and has it ever got has transparency ever gotten in the way internally?
0: There are a couple of questions that you have there, and so I kind of want to unpack them one by one. And the first one, how do, you know, how do I feel about transparency in the workplace? I think it's, especially in a small business, it's very important because when you have a small team or a small department, trust is such a significant factor. And if people don't trust you, the work isn't going to be great. Your daily experience isn't going to be great. And transparency, I think, builds trust. Mm-hmm. So for an employee situation, that's very important. I think. We also have a role as mentors, which means growing our staff and giving them our knowledge. And you have to do that in a transparent way. Whenever I have a, a staff member who comes and asks me, why do we do it this way? Or why did you make that decision? It's it's one of my favorite conversations because yep. I get to explain the details. And we, um, I had a great experience with It's also with this.
1: a great sign that they're engaged.
0: Yeah. I had an employee ask me the other day some weird details about how we keep time and track time and track budgets. And it was a kind of specific question, and I was very excited that she cared enough to ask. And I'm more than happy to dive in and explain all the intricacies of it. So I feel like transparency is very, very useful. On a higher level you need to be very clear and transparent about where your organization is going and what your vision and your hopes for the future are so that your people understand that they are aligned and they're in a place that they will thrive, right? Mm -hmm. So that's important. However, I have had an experience um, in doing an exit interview, and during our exit interview, it was a great employee, and she said, there's a little too much sharing. Sometimes we don't want to know if you're unsure, and sometimes we don't want to know if you are unsure and sometimes we do not want to know if you are charting your territory. We want to have confidence that you've got it. So that was eye-opening for me.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I'm not sure I land in that camp, but I also appreciate that with transparency and communication, there is the what you say and it's the how you say it, right? So there's a balance. So for me, I would never, and I'm sure this isn't the example that you provided, but for, for me, I would never want to be in the position with, you know, all small businesses have growth. There's like expansion and contraction. That's just that's just the season we all live in. And sometimes our expansion is crazy and uncomfortable. Sometimes our contraction is also very uncomfortable. So we all kind of have this dance that we're doing with things like projects, growth, targeting, prospects, cash flow. So for me, if we're ever in a period of time where I'm uncomfortable with our growth, like, hey, this is going to be a really uncomfortable eight weeks, or hey, you're looking at these financials as a year-end report, and it doesn't look pretty, but it's just because of the way the money landed, I want to be really clear about that. I never want to be in a position where I withhold information from my team, and then something bad happens. And I've grinned and bared it, mm-hmm. and then like why why did the shoe fall? I just never want to be in the position where I ask for support in a time that's scary for me as an entrepreneur, and I'm so grateful that I've not had to, but I don't ever want to be in the position where I ask for help or ask for support or ask for grace, <laughs> and I've not, and it's the first thing I've mentioned, <laughs> like I never want to be in that position where I've not been honest because I just feel like that's withholding. Information about something that's really significant on my mind is unfair,
0: which I think is very admirable, and I agree with you, and I think it's really fair. I think it's important not to go to the well only when you need, yeah, right for this particular employee she was younger and you know the company was more mature and she just wanted confidence that it was going to be okay and she was going to be taken care of yeah and in and seeing us say we don't we don't know if this client is going to come through or we get a new project and we're not sure quite how to proceed or, ah, oh, this is new uncharted HR territory. She wasn't comfortable. She wanted to know that we had it taken care of. But each each employee is different too. We have other yeah. employees who would be really happy to have the, that piece of information. So I think transparency in some ways needs to be at a corporate level and in some ways needs to be cognizant of each particular employee and what they need to succeed and what information would be a burden versus what information would be enlightening. And I don't know if there's one particular answer to that other than honesty. Yeah. Right? I
1: I do feel like as I was listening to your exit interview story, I was thinking, I was wondering, first of all, whether that employee was kind of a, a green professional because I believe that most professionals would be very empowered by the idea of, hey, guys, we're walking into some situations that are uncharted or unknown. Go do some research and bring it back to me. Propose to me how we solve this problem. And that would be very exciting for at least for me and my team. That's not perfect by (laughs) any stretch of the imagination. And I can absolutely (laughs) when I propose that I'm a little scared, it's not because. (laughs) It's not because I want to empower people. It's because I'm really kind of scared shitless sometimes, frankly. (laughs) But I also feel like being honest about that means that um, you're able to, like, release that information. And then you get – there's nothing more validating to me than knowing people are wrapping around you. And that's – I'm so grateful that that's just where I am right now with my team.
0: Yes, that's true. You are there right now with your team. and. And it's interesting, as I hear you talk about it, too, it really, I think, points to a change in how business has been done in the past couple of decades, for example. I don't think, particularly in our industry, I think there was a lot of cloak and veil and mystery, and I don't think it's that way anymore. And I think in our industry as well, particularly because we're in an education market, we are in some ways, part of the teaching pipeline and the mentoring pipeline and passing information on to the next generation of brilliant entrepreneurs. And that's that's part of our job. So whenever I have somebody who asks, how do you do? And I wish I was, and someday I want to, I I would love to share with them all of the details, right? And I think it's it's very fortunate when you have a team who does wrap around you and care about how your day goes and what they see can affect you and help you. And the great thing about asking for that help is perhaps someone on your team has a better idea than you and has a great solution.
1: And and especially in creative services, I think that that's absolutely possible. There's absolutely that possibility at the table. The other thing that I think as a leader that I think is important to maybe throw out there is that a mentor once told me that whenever you leave a blank that's unfilled, people are going to fill it for you. So if you don't fill the space with information, your team is going to fill the blank for you, and it's not likely going to be in your favor. So if you're leaving a question mark somewhere, whether it's about projects or the status of a client or you know, if there's ever a question mark for people, they're not going to fill it in your favor probably. So you may as well just fill it with the truth and be clear about what's happening. So if they see cues from me, whether it's verbal or nonverbal, about stress or anxiety or whatever it is, they're going to assume the worst. I think that's just human nature. And it's better just to be clear about what's happening. Like, hey, I'm stressed or, hey, I got a sick parent. And I'm distracted, right? Like, so it's just cl- better to just be really clear about the world, and what, what your world looks like, rather than somebody making it up.
0: Well, and this is an interesting conversation. I think we've taken a little bit of a veer from where I thought we would go with this. But in our particular community... There have been lots of conversations about transparency and honesty in the workplace and things being covered up and um, integrity. So we've seen a lot of that in our larger community this past year or so. And I think everyone's asking this kind of question about where does transparency fit? And you see all kinds of fear and nerves, right? You see lots of people who are, in absence of an answer, People become unsure and nervous. Yeah. And that's where transparency is just very important.
1: I think at the end of the day, even in the worst of times, people respect you more when you're honest. And shutting up and faking it means that, I mean, at least especially for me, I'm pretty bad at faking it, But because um, <laughs> then I give all sorts of cues that I'm faking it. But I think it allows mistrust to step in. So whether that's with your team or with your clients, I I just feel like, I'd rather say, I don't know how to do that, but I'll figure it out for you. I'll come to you with a solution, whether that's inside or outside your teams. Um, I'd rather just be clear or, no, we don't offer that service, but I can connect you with somebody I trust. You know, I think that overall that kind of level of honesty engenders so much more trust and value. Because, gosh, at the end of the the day, we're all just people trying to make it, right?
0: (laughs) We're all just trying to make it to the end of the day, really.
1: Right or whatever the end game is, the end of the day, the end of the week, the end of the month, the end of the school year, or to your next business goal. Like, it's all the same thing, really. Do you think,
0: though, our point of view on this comes from the fact that we live in a place where there's not tons of office politics? If if one of our listeners is living in a place where there's hierarchies and politics and all that weirdness, how does transparency play for them?
1: Yeah. So I'm thinking about some people that I really love that struggle with office politics. And I think their version of transparency is, especially when it comes to the game playing that maybe you and I aren't accustomed to, is just being really clear about what's true for them. Even if they can see the long game, even, you know, it's just, this is what's true for me. Or even, you know what, I'm not comfortable with this conversation, which may make you an outsider. But you got to honor what's right for you and your gut. That's
0: true. I got a very good piece of advice recently about taking the time in your head to divorce what is true from what is conjecture and understanding what is true and what is a fact and what can I share clearly and with, with no self-worry versus what is conjecture, which can get you on a very slippery slope. Yeah. So taking that moment to say, these are the facts as I know them, Good, bad, or ugly, fantastic, or confusing, these are clear and obvious facts that I want to share with everyone on my team. The line is where conjecture happens, and I think everybody can find their own compass for where that is right, or in their own industry where that is right, but I thought that was such good advice.
1: I have a feeling I know who gave you that advice and what that's related to, but I think that that's amazing advice regardless of the circumstance. It's true whether you're a high school kid. True. <laughs> right? Right dealing with whatever happened during the day or you're um a college student trying to navigate whatever's next professionally or you know somebody who's mid-career like us.
0: That's uh, funny that you say that because I I always have conversations with my child's high school counselor saying, "Here's what I know and here's what is hearsay. Do with it what you will." Because the conversations coming out of teenagers are complicated and sometimes those need to be shared with the school and there are things that you know and there are things that are hearsay and so it's a good measuring stick.
1: It is a good measuring stick and uh, my mother used to say what is true and what's true for you.
0: Oh that's a good one.
1: <laughs> right? It's like your experience is reality and it sometimes isn't true right? Right. <laughs> that was always very frustrating for me, but in hindsight, I really appreciate it.
0: Well, my experience of this drink is delicious. Would that be your experience of this drink?
1: It's amazing. And I I approach this drink with caution. It's absolutely a sipping drink for me.
0: We've served it in these beautiful little cup glasses, these sweet little coupe things, and I could slug that down in an instant, but I've been known to do that. So I find it dangerous as well. Uh, but I love Lady Lady Stoneheart. It just makes you feel very confident. It's very Game
1: of Thrones, I feel.
0: (laughs) So, Karen, if if people have transparency questions or observations or bright ideas for us, where should they find us?
1: I think they should reach out to us on any of the social channels at Easy Underground and on our website at thespeakeasypodcast.com.
0: Well, in our next episode, we're doing an about face from transparency. Uh
1: Uh-oh. Yep. (laughs) We're talking about workplace betrayal.
0: We're not talking about, an oops, I made a mistake, either. We're talking about learning that someone forgot to pack their ethics that morning.
1: Oh, man. What do you do when you discover betrayal or dishonesty in your organization? Really, the cultural cancer that, as entrepreneurs, we are all... Intimately aware of. Uh, Yeah, and I, (laughs) I get those goosebumps. Like, oh, man, we're having that conversation. That's what's happening next time.
0: So tune in. Thanks, everyone.